0: Hello and welcome to True to the Bible podcast with Hunter Davis. Thanks for joining us for this lesson in our series, Who I Am, where we'll be studying the book of John and where we see that John is writing these things to everyone so they might believe and that in believing they might have life. In this awesome book where John presents the Messiah Jesus as God, we'll see lots of key truths and great application that we can apply to our own life well thanks again for joining us we hope that you enjoy this lesson john chapter six is where we're going to be today and we're going to be talking about the security of the believer um i've had a couple weeks to look at this because last week we didn't have sunday school which is really good i've really enjoyed looking at the end of john chapter six we're not going to finish john chapter six this week maybe not even next week we'll see we're going to be in it for a while but I really like, uh, I mean, it's the Bible, so I guess I have to say I really like it, but I do really like it, maybe even more than some other passages. It's really cool um, what Jesus is talking about here and basically ends up talking to people, um, to the people, the crowd, which we'll look at in a second, and he talks to them about the security of the believer and the authority of the Father, which is kind of cool. So, John chapter 6, we'll start in verse 22. I'm only going to read to verse 25. And then we're going to read it section by section as we go through each um, each verse, basically. So this is verse 22. It says, "The next day, the crowd stood on the other side of the sea and saw there was no other small boat there except one, and that Jesus had not entered with his disciples into the boat, but that his disciples had gone away alone. And there came another small boat, or sorry, other small boats, from Tiberias near the place where they ate the bread after the Lord had given thanks." So when the crowd saw that Jesus was not there, nor His disciples, they themselves got into small boats and came to Capernaum seeking Jesus. And when they found Him on the other side of the sea, they said to Him, Rabbi, where or how or when, sorry, not how, when did you get here? Alright, let's pray. Dear God, we just come before you and thank you for the state you've given to us. Thank you for um, all that you give us, all that you bless us with, God. I pray that as we look at your word, you'd encourage or convict us as needed, God. Uh, we love you and pray all this through Jesus' name, Amen. All right, so like I said today, Jesus is talking a little bit about the security of the believer. And when I think of security, this is what I think of. Anybody know what that is a picture of right there? What is it? It's Alcatraz. Yeah, Alcatraz. This is uh, the reason I think of this is because at one point it was considered the most secure prison ever. Um, It's in San Francisco Bay and it's like on an island, okay, you guys probably all know this. But it was actually a U.S. fort from like the 1800s to like 1934. And then 1934 is when it became a prison. And they became one of the most notable, if not the most notable prison um, of all time. Definitely the most notable prison in the U.S. because of its security. It boasts that no prisoner ever escaped from prison, from that prison, from Alcatraz, ever. Okay, there were 14 attempts over the years um, that it was a prison, but it says it, they say, they claim, no one's ever uh, escaped from it. It held many famous prisoners like Al Capone and a bunch of other ones that you may, you probably heard of. Um, but it was so secure because the water around it was so cold and the currents just flowed in a, in a way that it was you couldn't swim. And so they're on an island and you can't swim off, how are you gonna escape, All right? And so um, it was the most secure prison in America. And when we talk about security, we are secure as believers in Christ. Okay, When we believe in Jesus for eternal life, we are secure. Our position is secure even though we don't always have assurance. And today we're not looking at the difference in security and assurance, but we are going to look at security. We're going to look at three things uh, basically that security comes through. And they're all one thing and they're all three different things, so we'll look at it a little bit. But the first thing we're going to look at is the security comes through belief. Okay? <clears throat> I just read this section of Scripture 22-25, 20 through, 22 through uh, 25, but does anybody remember what happened before this? I know mean, it was two weeks ago, so it was a long time. But does anybody remember what's going on in John 6? Because there's no time that's passed here. Jesus walked on water. Okay, Jesus walked on water, that's right. And then what did He do before He walked on the water? He fed the 5,000 5, with bread. Okay, so He feeds 5,000 and then He sends His disciples off in a boat to cross the sea, remember? Uh, then he walks on water out there. It says he's going to pass him by, but he decides to help him out. He helps him out. They get to the shore immediately. If you're looking at verse 21, it says, "So they were willing to receive him into the boat." That's the disciples during the storm. Um, and immediately the boat was at the land where they were going. So they go to the other side. Then the next day. So that was. Does remember anybody remember what time that was? That boat, the walking on water and all that. Like to buy yeah, all, I heard it from all of you guys, right? It's from somewhere between like 3 a.m., 6 a.m. in the morning. So now it's the next day, and this crowd, okay? And what, who's the crowd that it's talking about? Uh, the people who uh, he fed. The people who he fed, right? So there's, there's this crowd that he fed, he sent them away, and now they're coming back. And they can't figure out where he's at because there were no boats, and they saw him send the disciples away in the only boat, right? And so they come back, he's not where they think he should be. Okay, they don't know he walked on water and then got them to the other side immediately or anything like that. So when they catch up with him, they finally find him after kind of uh, coming. in, I don't know how long it took them, but they finally end up finding where he's at, which is on the other side of the sea. Uh, in verse 25, it says, when they found him on the other side of the sea, okay, they said to him, Rabbi, when did you get here? Okay, so they ask him a simple question. And Jesus, I like Jesus because He turns it spiritual uh, right away, and He kind of gets to the heart of the matter. This is Jesus' reply. Look at verse 26. So says, Jesus answered them and said, Truly, truly, I say to you, you seek Me not because you saw signs, but because you ate of the loaves and were filled. Do not work for the food which perishes, but for the food which endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you, for on Him the Father has set His seal. Therefore, they, the crowd says to Him, what shall we do that we may work the works of God? And Jesus answered and said to them, This is the work of God that you believe in Him whom He sent, okay, which is Jesus Himself. And so they asked this question, Hey, when did you get here? And Jesus goes in and says, Hey, I'll tell you guys what. You guys are seeking Me because you ate bread. And we're going to see there's this whole discourse of, of bread. And we're going to see the first I Am statement of Christ, which is a big deal, and some other things. But... He's going to say, I am the bread of life. Okay? I don't want to like, spoil it for you since none of you have ever read this before. But uh, he says, I am the bread of life. And so he, there's this whole exchange about bread and about eating. And we're going to see as it goes along that these guys are coming out here to get fed. And that's what Jesus says immediately, right? And they are going to, they're going to talk to him about or they're going to say, hey, why don't you feed us like Moses did in the wilderness? Okay? And Moses didn't just feed them dinner fed them breakfast, lunch, and dinner. So they just got fed dinner, and now it's breakfast time. And they come back to him for another meal. Okay? So anyway, that, that's, that's the heart that Jesus is saying, hey, this is what you're doing. You're coming back just for, for food. And he says in verse 26, he says, uh, you're, not doing, you're not seeking me because you saw a sign. You, and he's basically saying, because you believe in me. And the signs should, according to John, right? The signs are there, so we believe in Jesus for eternal life. So he's saying, you're not coming because of that, but because you ate the loaves. And he says, don't work for the food which perishes, but for the food which endures eternal life. He's like, hey, you guys are thinking physical when the important thing is spiritual. And you're thinking physical here when the Messiah's right in front of you and that's spiritual. Okay, And you guys should be doing uh, the work which leads to eternal life. Which then they're like, okay, tell us what the works of God are. Tell us what the works of God are in verse 28. And this is the first thing that makes us secure. We're going to see the security of the believer Throughout this passage, but here's where it starts in verse 29. Jesus answered them and said, and this is one of my favorite verses, the work of God is that you believe in him who he has sent. Who is he who sent? It's Jesus, and it's also the Son, it's Jesus, it's the Son of Man, okay, which he references earlier as Himself, the one who gives life. Okay, and the one that the Father has set his seal on. And so the first thing that we see here, and it's and it's the it's like the foundation. Of what he's going to be talking about for the rest, right? Like, he's like setting the precedence of, like, hey, here's, here's what it is. You believe in me for eternal life. You believe in the Messiah for eternal life. You believe in the one God sent for eternal life. And I think the way that he phrases this is, to one, they ask, what are the works of God? Because remember, they're still not attributing him with God. Okay? And we're going to see several times throughout this passage and the passage next week, too, that he's going to be saying, I'm from God. Okay? The, the Father's the one that's bringing salvation, not man. I'm not just a mere man. I'm from God. And so he says, this is the work of God, the Father, because they all believe in God, the Father, right? But they just don't believe in him as the Messiah. And so he says that you believe in him who he sent, which is me. Okay, and this is the first step that we see in security. Um, and also, side note, okay, when we talk about security coming through belief, okay, uh, we're going to see that security comes through the Father, security comes through the Son, and this first one is security comes through the belief. But who convicts the world of sin and righteousness? Yeah, who, who does that? The, Spirit. the Holy Spirit. So it's kind of interesting that we see the Trinity uh, in this, I think. Uh, it's just something that, it's like a side note. Uh, it's something that you can like look at on your own. But first, we have to believe, and that belief comes through the conviction of the Holy Spirit. Right? And then we're going to see that He says... Security comes through the Father, and that's the next point here. And they liken uh, this bread and all this stuff to Moses, and they they call Moses their Father. And basically, Jesus is basically going to say, "Hey, this isn't this isn't Moses. This is bigger than the law. This is bigger than Moses coming from God." So look at verse thirty. So G, uh, so they said to Jesus. So they said to him, "What then do you do for a sign?" Okay, to me, this shows their heart. This verse right here, or this sentence shows their heart. Because what did Jesus just do for them last night? He fed 5,000 people with five loaves of bread. Yeah, he just created a meal for them out of nothing. So he just gave them a sign. So they want another sign. And the reason they want another sign, I think, (laughs) according to Jesus, is because they're hungry for breakfast. So they want another sign because another sign would mean they get breakfast for free. Right? And... um, so I just think it's interesting I think that says a lot about their heart obviously Jesus talked about their heart in the very start he says you're only coming to me for that bread but, so they say what then do you do for a sign that we may see and will believe you what work are you going to perform he said if you perform something we'll believe you well we know that's not true because okay, he already performed something and then look at verse 31 it says our fathers ate the manna from the wilderness as it is written he gave them bread out of heaven to eat so they say hey listen our fathers gave us bread, and they didn't just give us bread one time. Okay, they're talking about Moses. Okay? Our fathers got bread from Moses, from God. They got it from them, uh, from them, and they got it breakfast, lunch, and dinner. So if you're saying you're greater than Moses, you need to give us breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Because if not, then you're not greater than Moses, right? So you can see how they're trying to manipulate Jesus here into giving them more food, because that's all they care about, which is what you just said. That's all you care about. So like, okay, if you're so great... Give us breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Maybe give us a snack too, okay? Because you're greater than him, right? And so that's what they're asking for uh, them to do here. And it's interesting because, I was talking to my sister about this, um, just about security and stuff. And especially in that day and time, there's a lot of security that came through provision, right? Um, Not everybody was as wealthy as we are in the US. And so, like, if you always had food, you were pretty secure. Right, And they're looking for this security in physical food. And Jesus keeps saying, and we'll see as he, as he goes on, he keeps saying, no, your real security is in me. Real security's in me. I'm how you are secure. But they keep looking at this physical. So they say, hey, give us bread. Give us bread to eat like uh, Moses did in the wilderness. And Jesus answers them in verse 32. Look at it, it says, Then Jesus said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, it is not Moses who has given you the bread out of heaven, but it is my Father who gives you the true bread out of heaven. For the bread of God is that which comes down out of heaven and gives life to the world. So Exodus chapter 16, uh, this is in Exodus 16. It says, Then the Lord said to Moses, Behold, I will rain down bread from heaven for you, and the people shall go out and gather a day's portion every day that I may test them whether or not they will walk in my instruction. So who gives the bread here? God. God gives the bread, not Moses, okay? Um, which is important. And Jesus says, hey, God's giving bread, but he's giving bread that came out of heaven, which manna, the manna came out of heaven, kind of, right? But he's saying there's, there's a new bread, if you will, that's coming out of heaven, okay? And it gives life to the world, okay? This bread gave physical life to the Jews, but Jesus is the bread of life that gives life to the entire world. And he's, saying, he's basically saying, I am the bread that's coming down um, out of heaven. Okay? And Jesus just keeps going back to the spiritual here. And they just keep, they just keep going to physical. Okay? And they keep going to physical. Uh, look at verse 34. It says, then they said to him, and we're going to come back to this in just a second. But it says, then they said to him, Lord, always give us this bread. Okay? They're still wanting physical bread like hey you can give us this bread all the time and then like we can always have bread and we'll never be hungry again but they're not thinking spiritual hunger they're thinking physical hunger and so one of the key points here and this is going to be a lot more key as we look at verses 41 on is god is the giver of the real bread okay god is the giver of the real bread look at 32 again truly truly i say to you it is not moses who has given you the bread okay we know from a lot of other passages that Jews trusted Moses a little bit too much, right? What did Jesus say earlier? He said, if you believe Moses, you believe me because Moses wrote about me. But they are trusting in this law system of Moses. And so uh, he's saying, hey, it's not Moses that gives the bread, but it's God. It's the Father. The Father's the one that's giving the bread. And the reason that that is so important is because Jesus is going to make a lot of statements like the Father's one that draws all people to himself and things like that. And he's saying that because God is the author of salvation. Okay? And, they, and these people are just looking to Jesus as a man and as a prophet to give them physical bread. And they should be looking to the Father who gave them the Son to give them eternal life. Okay? And we're in, like I said, that's, we're going to see that in these weeks to come. Uh, but we're gonna see, we see now that this security comes through the Father. The Father is the one that gives uh, life, and He gives it through the Son. Okay? John 10.28, I don't even know if I have that up here. Oh, well, I just have that up here. But you guys know John ten twenty eight and the security there in that passage. Um, I, I love that because it, it goes right along with this, right? No one uh, can snatch you out of my hand. No one can snatch you out of the Father's hand, right? So I and the Father are one. And he talks about the security that's because of Jesus and then the security because of the Father, right? And this is the, kind of the same thing. He's doing it in reverse order here. He says that the Father is the one that gives the bread of life, okay? Verse thirty-four, they say, "Then give us this bread always. Always give us this bread. So if you can make this bread, and this bread is so good, and it comes from the Father, whatever, Jesus, we don't care. Just give us bread. Okay, it's breakfast, and I'm hungry, and I want bread. So give me bread, and give it to me always, every meal. We don't want it one meal; we want it every meal, obviously. Okay, and so they're still thinking physical. Now, Jesus gets since they're thinking physical, uh, Jesus talks about himself. Okay, and he says, "The security comes through the Son." Okay, look at verse 35. He says, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me will not hunger, and he who believes in me will never thirst. But I said to you that you have seen me, and yet you do not believe. All the Father has given to me will come to me, and the one who comes to me I will certainly not cast out. For I have come down from heaven, not to do my own will, but to do the will of him who sent me and this is the will of him who sent me that all he has given to me I lose nothing but I raise up on that last day for this is the will of my father that everyone who beholds the son and believes in him will have eternal life and I myself will raise him up on the last day alright so this is the first I am statement that Jesus makes Okay. you guys remember um, the Greek behind that we talked about it a lot it did it in uh, all caps for some reason so it looks a little funny but it's ego-e-me, right? Ego-e-me. And what did we say about ego-e-me? What, what does it mean? Does anybody remember? It means I am, right? And the word ego, which is, you can't really see my pointer, but it's that right there. Okay, that word ego is I. Okay, and the word e-me is I am. Okay, so he says I, I am. Okay? which puts the emphasis on himself, on the I. I am the bread of life. Okay, and this is this goes back, and all these statements go back to Exodus 3.14, which I don't think I have up there. No, I don't. So Exodus 3.14 is when uh, Moses is at the burning bush. You guys remember that? And uh, he's like making all these excuses, and he says, who should I say sent me? And God says, I am who I am. Tell them that I am has sent you. Okay, and this ego e me, this refers back to that uh, when Jesus says I am. Um, I think and so he says I am the bread of life he's calling himself God he's calling himself life giver he's claiming deity I think um, he's claiming all these things he is the life giver and the bread of life uh, now we need we, we have another important Greek thing okay so hopefully you guys like a little bit of Greek here but we've already talked about this one um, it's the word ume okay have you guys heard of you, you guys remember ume when we talked about it a little bit Okay, so it's no-no. It's That's what it means, no-no. Okay, and in English, when you have two negatives, it equals a positive, right? So no-no would mean yes, technically. All right, in Greek, it's the opposite. Uh, it means emphatic or definitely not. And so we see this twice uh, in verse 35, okay? Twice in verse 35, look at it. It says, I am the bread of wife. He who comes to me will not hunger. How many of your Bibles say something other than not? Do all of yours just say not? will not everybody's does everybody have an ASP pretty much okay so there are two words there not one okay and they translate the next one more correct but there are two words it's not not hunger okay it's ume hunger the you will definitely not you will know and not in any way hunger ever again okay that's what he's saying okay there's an emphasis here on that not Okay, and then he says, in verse 35, he continues on, he says, and he who believes in me will, your Bible should say, not or never, they're right there, thirst again, or never thirst. Okay, that's also an ume. That's two words there. Definitely not, or definitely never thirst. Okay, so he says, you're definitely not going to ever hunger, you're definitely not going to thirst. And it's interesting, because he says he's the bread of life, right? And then twice he says emphatically that they will not uh, they will not hunger and they will not thirst so they won't need that life again okay so he says i'm the bread i'm the filler i'm the one that you need to eat and we'll see later on he actually says you're going to need to eat my flesh and drink my blood okay and yeah it's later on and and that's what the people said they said ooh this is too hard for us we don't like this okay but he's making an emphatic point on the security of a believer here okay and it's important because we're going to go down and we're going to look at the rest of this and that's what the theme is. The theme is Him saying, you will no, no, you will definitely not. You will never in any way perish. You will never in any way thirst. You will never in any way hunger when you believe in Me. And that's the emphasis going forward here. Okay. Look at verse 36. Okay. Verse 36 says, But I said to you, you've seen Me, and yet you do not believe. Okay. You've seen Me, and you don't believe. And I think that as we go through this, See if you can tell what the heart of Jesus is, because a lot of people, as they go through this section of scripture, they think that Jesus is being very like—I um, don't know the right word—but like, you guys aren't saved, and you're not going to be saved. You're not. And a lot of people say you're because you're not elected, so you're not saved. And these these small people that I choose and God chooses—they're saved, but nobody else is. And they think he's being very fat. But what I see here, as I look through this, as I see. I see a pleading of Jesus, pleading with them to believe. And I see him saying, Hey, listen, you want physical food, but I can give you something better. Please listen to me, saying, Look, you don't believe. I know you don't believe, but you need to believe. I want you to believe. And I see a desire for all men to be saved here in these verses. Okay, look at verse 37. Because a lot of people take this one and they take it out of context. But it says, All that the Father has given to me. And, sorry, all that the Father gives to me will come to me. And the one who comes to me, I will certainly not cast out. And guess what? That's certainly not. Guess what that is? It's definitely not. It's an ume. Okay, so we see this three times in three verses. Okay, do you think that that is the emphasis that Jesus is putting on these verses? I do. Most people, when they look at this passage, they say the emphasis is on the first part of verse 37. When it says, all that the Father gives me will come to me. They say, well look at there, there's the emphasis of this whole section of Scripture. And they base the whole section of Scripture, whole section of scripture off of that. Okay, But that's not the emphasis that Jesus is putting on. He's putting the emphasis on, the one who comes to me, will cert- I will certainly not cast out. I will definitely not cast out. So the emphasis is on the security Of the believer. He's trying to get them to understand, listen, if you guys believe in me, you guys have life forever. Forever. You're never going to be cast out, yet you won't come to me. Please come to me. okay? But let's look at the first part of verse 37 and let's talk about it. Because it says, all that the Father gives me will come to me. So it sounds like he's saying, all that the Father does not give me won't come to me. And it kind of sounds like he's saying God's going to choose whether you can come to him or whether you can't, okay? And so I have an illustration uh, for this, okay? So I'm going to need Brent's help, okay? So Brent, stand up, and why don't you just come right over? Just come, Actually, just stay where you are. Stay where you are, all right. So everybody else, when I tell you you're going to stand up, okay? If your favorite color is blue, I want you to go to Brent, okay? If your favorite color is not blue, come up here with me. Okay, go. to what? If your favorite color is blue, go to Brent.
1: If your favorite color
0: is not blue, come to me. I knew there would be almost more favorite blues than not favorite. Okay? So here's the deal. All the people that I have given to Brent, Brent has, and you're on his team forever. Okay? Did I choose each one of you to go over there? Kind of, yeah, but kind of not, right? Did I did I choose all these people to be over here? No. Kind of, kind of not, right? I didn't, I didn't choose. You chose, but I did choose. Right? Because I chose the avenue. Right? So everybody have a seat. Okay, so when we're looking at this, God has chosen that all believers. Okay? God has given all believers to Jesus. Right? All of us, everybody is everybody starts out in the world not saved, right? Because of sin. But God has made a way, and He's the one that's chosen the way. And the way is Jesus. Therefore, all that the Father gives to Jesus, which are all those um, who believe, will come to Him, will believe. Okay. But then the emphasis is, and all those who come, or all those who believe, will never be cast out. Okay. I know that's kind of like a weird wording of things, but I think all this is saying is that the Father has given all believers to the Son. Which He has. And we know that from other Scripture, right? He's given all believers to the Son. And so the Son is not going to cast out any of those believers. Okay? And so that's how I think this fits. Um, I hope that kind of makes sense to you guys a little bit. But I think it's based in looking at um, the security of the believer. Actually, I was supposed to put that up so you could see it, but there you go. All those who blew. Okay, then look at verse 38. Okay, and we're almost done with this. Okay, look at verse 38. It says, For I have come down from heaven. Okay, what did he say was going to come down from heaven earlier? Bread. bread. He said bread is going to come down. And then he says, I am the bread. And then he says, I came down. Okay, so he is the bread of life that comes down. Okay, so he says, For I have come down from heaven. Not to do my own will, but to do the will of Him who sent me. Okay? He's putting authority back on the Father. Okay, Again, I think that it's important to get in the mindset of these people. Okay, Because they're thinking physical. They're thinking in terms of prophets. Remember they said He was a prophet, but they weren't willing to say that He's Messiah. Um, they're thinking in terms of just this, this physical human side. And a lot of them, At this point, we're thinking that the Messiah was gonna be somebody who's gonna come and save them from Rome, right? And so they're thinking about this physical side, this human side of the Messiah, which is partly true, because he is human, but they're they're lacking this this spiritual side of that he is God. Okay, And so when he says this, he's, he's giving the authority and showing that the authority is coming from the Father, not himself, Okay, which is important. They need to understand If they're going to believe they need to understand that he is god and he is messiah right and so he's trying to get them to understand that this is from god it's not from man this is not a salvation from man it's not a bread from man it's not physical it is spiritual and it's from the father okay so i have come down out of heaven not to do my will but to do the will of him who sent me and look at the will this tells us the will of god twice here in verse 39 and verse 40 and we're going to be done after verse 40 okay so this is the will of him who sent me that all he is given to me. I lose nothing, but will raise up on that last day. So who are the ones that have uh, been given to him? The believers, and he's not going to lose those. Does that go back to security? Okay, he's not going to lose them. Okay, verse 40, For this is the will of my Father. Here's a will, uh, a will statement of the Father again. And I think that this is strong evidence that God does not choose people. Okay? Um, for salvation. For eternal life, that is. Okay, it says for this is the will of my Father that everyone who beholds the Son believes in Him. Okay, so first off, it says that the will of the Father is that everybody who sees, beholds, sees, everybody who sees the Son believes. Okay, does everybody who sees the Son believe? No, but that's the will of the Father, right? The will—it's just like Second Peter when he says he's not willing that any should perish, but all should come to repent. He wants everybody to believe. Okay? That's why he paid for the sins of the entire world, not for the sins of part of some of people, part of the people, part of the world. Okay, so he desires that everybody believes, even though not everyone will. Okay, and the will is also that he uh, that the believes or the one who believes in him will have eternal life, which is true. Everybody who believes has eternal life. And okay, that I myself, Jesus talking, that I myself will raise him up or raise up that believer on the last day. So Jesus says, the will of the Father is first that everyone would believe. Okay, but then that everybody that who does believe gets eternal life. And that everybody who believes and has that eternal life, every single one of them I will raise up. Okay, going back to security. Okay, no one who believes will ever be cast out. No one who believes will ever be condemned. He's saying, I I am secure. I'm secure because of myself, I'm secure because of the Father, I'm secure because of belief, right? When you believe in me, you are secure in the Father and in myself. All right, um, all right so we would have one more slide and that's just our impact slide, okay? I know that this is like not, it's not super long or anything, but it's kind of deep and I want us to think about it a lot because if you go down and you look at the next part of these verses all the way, there's like 75 verses here. And if you look at them, a lot of them are talking about this same stuff. And he sets the tone. He sets the tone right from the very beginning in verse 29, right? This is the work of the Father that you believe in Him whom He has sent. Right? He's saying this is the work of, of God. If you want to do the works of God, then believe in Me for eternal life. So he sets the tone there. He goes through and talks about how uh, the Father is the authority and the Father is the one that keeps you secure. And then Himself and how He is the bread of life and no one's ever going to lose that. Okay, And He does say in verse 37, all that the Father gives me will come to me. The one who comes to me I will certainly not cast out. So we've got to remember that Jesus is the author of salvation. Okay, He's, It's just like 1 John 4.10. And this is love, not that we loved Him, but that He loved us. right? Nobody's coming to God unless God comes to us, right? Is that a true statement? No one's coming to God unless God comes to us. And I think that's part of the point that Jesus is making here. Is that we're, what were the Pharisees trying, how were they trying to get to God? Through, themselves. through the law, through themselves. For the most part. I'm talking generally here, okay? Not like each individual. But if, they're, if, they, if the mindset and the culture of that time, just like today, is I'm going to get to God by doing my own thing. I'm going to get there. By doing this works, by doing it, then wouldn't it be natural for Jesus to say, No one can get to God without God coming to them? Right? And once you, once you come, once you believe, you have life forever and you're secure in that. I think it's powerful. Um, I think that as we go through, we're going to have fun looking at the rest of these. But our application for today, okay, remember that life is secure. You guys know that. Okay, life comes through Jesus, life is secure. So, two things know where you stand. Okay, like know that you're saved. Okay, a lot of people struggle with assurance. That's you know, they're unsure whether they, they're saved or not. Okay, but all you have to we've seen all the way through John so far. All you have to do is believe in Jesus for eternal life and you get it. Okay, and once you get it, it's secure. Okay, it's more secure than Alcatraz. Okay, and there's some people that they're unsure whether they got out or not. Okay, but there's no unsurety here. It's completely secure. Your life is once you believe, okay, and so know that, and understand the gospel too, because like when we, when we share with people and when we talk with people, with which hopefully we are, but when we share and talk with people about, about the gospel, it's important that you believe and understand the truth, of the scripture here, because if we don't understand and believe the truth that we are secure, forever, then we're going to be sharing the gospel in an inaccurate, um, way. I think. Because you know we might be saying things that are kind of false or they go against the scripture uh, in regards to that. Like maybe we're not sure if you can keep it. And sometimes it comes out in your own language too. Like, um, <laughs> like you see somebody and then you see their life and the way they're living, and you're like, I don't know if that guy's a believer or not. Well, true, you don't. But it's not based on that lifestyle anyway. So why are you even making that comment, right? Um, so this stuff can easily sometimes come out in a verbiage or come out in the way we share the Gospel or come out and just the way we talk with people. Uh, but if we understand and know this very well and know, know that Jesus is teaching this and it's not just something that JB says, right? Or Hunter says or Brent says or whatever. It's not just something that they say, but it's actually here in the Word of God that we are secure. If we understand that, then we're going to be assured of our salvation and that assurance is going to come out in our speech and the way we say things, the way we share the Gospel, and the way we interact with people. So. Know where you stand. Understand the gospel, and then go back and study these verses, and see what you come up with. Because I think that there's a, I think there's a lot in here that I can't even get to, and I think they're really these, like John chapter six. I think is really really deep. Like, I just think it's really really deep. I think that Jesus here is pleading with these people to be saved, and I think you can see a desire of Jesus for all these people to be saved. Thanks for joining us for True to the Bible podcast. We hope that you enjoyed this lesson. If you have any questions about this lesson or any of the other True to the Bible podcasts, don't hesitate to contact us at hunter.davis at stillwaterbible.org. Thanks again for tuning in. We hope that you join us for our next lesson.